Hello and welcome to Midnight Showing. I'm Nash, that's Luke, and this week the random movie we watched at midnight was Sidney Pollock's Jeremiah Johnson. Was it worth it? That's what we're here to tell you, and don't worry, we will notify you before we start spoiling. Luke, what do you got? <laughs> what, do you, what do you got for old Jeremiah? Nashy boy, you ever been told you look like Jeremiah Johnson, dude? I have. I've been, ha- I've been told I look like half the people in this... Anybody with facial hair in this movie, I've been told I look like this. Yeah, by everybody over the age of 55. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got a pretty good movie, dude. Jeremiah Johnson. This is the first Western we've actually uh, watched in the length of doing this show, bro. 17 episodes, no Westerns. We have nothing against them. Just like, what Westerns are there to watch, really? <laughs> I'm joking. There's a ton of good ones. Yeah, there are a ton, there are a ton of Westerns <laughs> to Totally watch. looking. I actually really like Westerns. So, this one... Starring uh, Robert Redford, former president of the United States. We'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> he's playing Jeremiah Johnson. Then we got Will Gear playing Bear Claw, quite a dude. We got Della Bolton playing Swan, her only role in a major motion picture ever. Um, and then we got Josh Albee playing Caleb. And we got Stefan Girache playing Del Goo. <laughs> is, um, is it Goo? I don't know. Del Goo? Del Del Gu. Del Gu. I think. Yeah, he he was kind of a, anyway. he, he was kind of a jerk, so I don't care if we disrespect his name. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess to start off, sort of, how did how did you come across this film? I, I know I, I feel like I told you, but I don't know if you ever told me how you found this film. Um, my dad straight up just told me that it was a really good movie, and that um, I was asking him about like old movies. Um, that he's seen because he was the one who um, told me about Deer Hunter as well as our friend Kyle that week and he was also like yo have you ever seen the movie Jeremiah Johnson it's pretty crazy and it's considered like a classic western movie so I was like alright we actually haven't done a western yet I'm really trying to watch Jeremiah Johnson and that name just rolls off the tongue yeah and especially because that's pretty much the exact same way I discovered this movie it's one of my dad's favorite movies Um, and I had never seen the whole thing all the way through but uh, it is, I think it's a really good one to review just because you get a lot of people, like, they're going to bring up Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah. You know, if they're going to talk Robert Redford, like, classic uh, westerns. This one, this one's kind of unique in its own right, which we'll get into later. <laughs> this director, Mr. Pollock. Sidney Pollock. What, what does he do? <laughs> what um, other things has he done? <laughs> what? He directs Do you movies. not know? That's what, he, that's what he does. That's what he okay. does. Oh, um, no, honestly, dude, it was just a lot of movies that um, I didn't know too well. He starred in a Stanley Kubrick movie, apparently, and like I never saw Tootsie. I've heard about that movie before, so um, he was really a director. Like, um, nothing like too... Um, Nothing too crazy, you know? Not, like, I, I never really heard of Sidney Pollock before, had you? No, I hadn't either, um, which is why I didn't say anything after I said his name. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he does he does, he does a does a damn fine job with this one. Um, so. Yo, big facts. The world we're in. A setting, if you will, for this movie. <laughs> uh, we're in the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> 
No, you do it. <laughs> We're in the Rocky Mountains, living above the normal people. Jeremiah, after serving in the Mexican-American War, starts his life over as a hunter-slash-trapper in a harsh reality in which life can be taken away in the matter of a few seconds. In the words of old Bearclaw, you can't cheat the mountain. You cannot cheat the mountain. And really, that's where this movie takes place, is the mountain. Obviously, it's the Rocky Mountains, very epic in scale, grand movie, but... All in all, you know, this is a Western movie about living in the mountains. It's not a Western movie about um, sheriffs and outlaws. It's not like a Clint Eastwood Stoneface type movie. It's pretty unique in the way that they um, go about telling this Western story. And it's really interesting because it's more of a mountain man story than like a cowboy story. You feel me? Yeah, exactly. I think the biggest pull uh, to sort of verify that it's a, a Western is that it's the revenge plot, which I feel like. 80% of all Westerns are driven behind, like, a revenge plot. Yeah. And this one, yeah, yeah. It's, that's only, like, that's not even, like, the whole movie. That's that's that's, that, that's what I was going to say, was that it's, like, it's kind of a not tacked on, but it doesn't come up until the last, like, what, 40 minutes of the movie after we've already seen a ton of stuff happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, um, um sorry, sorry, quickly, but, like, if you talk about, like, The Searchers with John Wayne, that whole movie is about that story. Jeremiah Johnson is a little different, where, like, things are just kind of sprinkled in along, and it makes the world feel really full in that way. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a very good point to make. Um, just because when you think of True Grit, I mean, that's, the whole movie is based off of a revenge plot. Yeah, 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 pretty much John Wayne. Go to any John Wayne movie. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, yo, uh, you're 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 the king of the trailers. So uh, well, how'd you how'd you feel about this one? <laughs> I am the trailer lord. No, so <laughs> it, it's I thought it was a pretty good trailer for this one. Um, the biggest pullback is it's very dated. It's a very dated trailer. So if you're trying to like watch the trailer to get a feel for this movie, just keep that in mind yeah. because it's a matter of the times rather than. Like, that, that's not what the movie's going to be like. It's not as hammy as the trailer. No, it is not um, Suicide Squad, Bohemian Rhapsody-type trailer. <laughs> yeah, but it is, it is good because it, it isn't too revealing. They show you a lot of interesting things that happen in the movie, but the way it's edited, you don't really know how they pull into each other or, or sort of why they're relevant in that moment. Yeah, well, um, you know, I feel... they're not I, just showing you every cool thing that happens, too. Exactly. I feel like that's one of the issues you have and I have with trailers is that, like... The trailer shouldn't tell me the plot of the movie. It should, like, give me an idea of what the plot could be. This movie does a good job of being like, this is what the plot could be if you're interpreting it in whatever way. It's not, like, telling you exactly why I went to the mountains, exactly what happened in the mountains, exactly why this happened. Instead, it's just kind of those little tiny vignettes of him doing this, him doing that, him doing this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's more... What's even more agitating? What happens in a lot of movies nowadays is they'll use footage. It's not even in the movie <laughs> for the trailer, and it's like you can't use five, like ten seconds in the trailer that I'm never going to see in the movie or edit the lines because it's very noticeable when that happens because I've seen the trailers for movies, you know, mm -hmm. just because they pop up as commercial ads on everything. So I'm gonna know the trailer pretty well going into the movie, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. So, um. Motifs, the motifs in Themes, um, you know, gonna, gonna love, I love quoting to make points of motifs because how can I be wrong when I cite my sources, am I right? <laughs> Classic. <laughs> but, uh, the mountain has its own ways and you can't cheat the mountain, which essentially means this movie is about survival as a whole. How do you feel about that? 
I think that yeah, that's that's probably the biggest anchor for this whole movie. It's it's survival at the end of the day. That's really what every decision that he makes. That's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely about like um, de- kind of a destiny and fate expectation, and like kind of the way that life just goes on and unfolds. But we'll get into that once we start discussing it. Yeah, one thing that I did um, slight notes of this was the spirituality in the movie. There is a slight sort of hint at it. And I think it does it very uniquely, and I I really can't think of any other movie that did it the way this one did. Um, but again, we'll get into that later. So, yeah. Luke, thumbs up or down? Uh, I wonder what it'll be. Thumbs up, dude. It's a it's a it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Well made. <laughs> well made. Well, well, it's a good one. <laughs> So now that we've given you a taste of the movie, we really don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it. I mean, it was, like, released in the set in, like, 72, so, you know, get on that. So if you haven't already, like and subscribe to our channel. Pause this video so you can check this one out for yourself, because it's worth the watch. All right. God, people are going to pick up themes and, like, how we like our movies to be made. Yo, big facts. It's almost like we do the same intro every single week. <laughs> so, um, you know, dude, I'm I want to start start off start it off by saying I've made this point with previous movies, kind of like um, I made this point with Cool Hand Luke, where I felt like this movie wasn't telling a super strong narrative in terms of like inciting incident to this happening to this happening to get us to a point. Instead, it was another one of those movies where it's like this is just the life of this character and the things that happened to him. Do you know the point I'm trying to make? No, I think that's an excellent point to make. Uh, take comparison, um, all the other Westerns that have revenge plots, it's literally about that revenge. Yeah. You're, the big action, the big climax that you're waiting for is when they get that revenge. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, and, yeah. And, and so this one, this one definitely has a different feel to it, and it, it definitely plays into its benefit. Yeah, well, I th- I feel like that's kind of what makes it unique in its own way, is that, like, w- this movie definitely feels epic in scale, like westerns always do. I want to talk about the setting in a little bit, but it's unique in the way that, like, when I, f- so with a lot of westerns, spaghetti westerns back in the day, you know, it kind of feels like you're watching a quote-unquote epic movie or an epic play just kind of go out, and it's like, these are the things that would happen, but with this movie, you know, we start off and he's in the woods and he has a tough winter, then he meets someone who can help him out, and then he meets another guy, then he adopts a son and then he has a native american wife it escalates very quickly but the way that it happens feels really natural in that like that's how it would actually happen in real life like i didn't have to like um kind of like not think about it too much and just be like oh this is a movie of course that person was there at that time so this thing could happen it felt very natural and very organic in the way that everyone was interacting with each other and the things that actually happened in the movie yeah, exactly, and the the revenge plot that that's such a good point because the revenge plot at, at that time it isn't even started to get set up until he's married. Yeah, and that's that's the beginning of it, and it's not like he was trying to do that. He accidentally sort of got in that situation just because 
he didn't know what he was doing. You know, he was just trying to go up in the mountains and trap and hunt. And he stumbled across this guy and this guy led him to camp. And this, these native Americans liked yeah. his horses so much. They gave him away. Yeah, man. So, so, um, you know, we have the very beginning. There's the tiny little voiceover that says, this is Jeremiah Johnson. He thought days and this. And then the music starts playing and, uh, the music is an original track for the movie, which I always love. And I thought the lyrics were pretty interesting. Cause I kind of thought that it really, reinforce that idea that I got about it just kind of being like life and so it goes like Jeremiah Johnson made his way into the mountains betting and forgetting all the troubles that he knew you know he just wanted to get away he just wanted to live a life of isolation the mountain man is a lonely man that's a it's like a real a real good description of like the type of people who do this and then later in the song he also says it ought to have been different but oft times you will find that the story doesn't always go that way you had in mind jeremiah's story was that kind and i feel like that's perfect to embody the movie like um watching it another time is like oh yeah this dude did not have this plan at all he literally just wanted to go be a hermit in the mountains like bear claw and he just does a couple side quests for the wrong people and he lands himself an adopted son and a wife you know oh yeah exactly it's kind of like i feel like a typical western if they were choosing like what part of his life to focus on they would have focused on just the revenge part Oh, or yo, sort facts. of, or sort of the what happened before the movie in the war, because it's almost sort of like his character is just trying to get away from all of that. That's a really good point. You know, it totally could have started what after he already had the cabin built with the family. That totally could have been the starting point, and then the movie was all about that revenge. But instead, it was telling us how he got to that point, and I thought I just thought it was like interesting because I feel like movie plots don't always unfold like that. I feel like an issue with that a lot of people can have with movies like this is when they get too kind of cheesy and too like in your face about dramatic action and stuff. I thought it was like really interesting that this one was like not that at all and when it did become that it like hadn't been doing it the entire time so it was kind of like a nice refresh of the movie we were already watching does that make sense you know what i mean no oh yeah it definitely does especially that one of the most interesting montages i've ever seen in a movie like if you think about oh, Django, yeah definitely dude that whole movie is you know it's an action movie that's what you're watching you're watching them kill a bunch of people in sort of a revenge style but this movie, it's it's as if all of Django, except for the very end, was put into a montage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That montage that you see in Jeremiah Johnson where he's on his path of revenge. You see just a ton of fight scenes, a few that you've already seen before. But you just see more and more of these things. And, like, it's actually the revenge part, it minimizes that by putting it in just a few minutes. By, by segmenting it down like that. It, it shows it's not really about sort of the act of him killing them, it's just, this is what happened to him. This is what he did. And that's really, really interesting to think about when a lot of the movie is straight up watching him trap or walk. Yeah. And it's all incredibly interesting to watch. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much um, daytime television you watch, but if you watch those like mountain men shows or like Life in Alaska, that's really what it is. It's really just showing these people who enjoy this type of lifestyle. And I thought it was really cool because it was kind of just giving a lens on like the type of people who were alive during this time who just chose to go live up in the mountains. And the character who perfectly embodies that is your boy Bearclaw, who comes out hot in that 
that first act, and he's oh honestly gosh, yeah. probably probably one of the best characters, dude. You want to you want to kind of explain Bearclaw? Yeah, Bearclaw is essentially what um, Jeremiah Johnson wants to be, uh, and he's essentially his mentor once he gets up there. And it's sort of interesting because he slightly foreshadows what he's going to become at the end. You know, like by the time he dies, you don't see him die, but by the end. Of- the sort of the movie you get okay he ends up back there again by the end and you get that's how sort of his life is going to play out now even bearclaw said that he used to have a native american wife yeah yeah i forgot so, about that good point <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of similarities but it, i will have to shout cuz i think you wanted to say something about that skin that one pilgrim and i'll get you another <laughs> right, dude. That is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, he went straight revenant on him, bro. He just yeah. like, it. You know what that bear's name is? What? Uh, actually, that's a different movie. But let's name him Bart. Bart, <laughs> right, the, bear. Bart the bear. Bart the bear. Yeah, we we try to shout out the animals on this show, but they didn't have any IMDb's. So yeah, so that's definitely they not definitely Bart the bear. But we're, we're we're gonna call him Bart. <laughs> um but yeah dude like those it seems like that give the movie a lot of character and again it's just it feels like a vignette to me like it feels like this part of the movie is the part that bear claw is in and then this part of the movie is the part that we learn a little bit about his son and then this part and that part and that part and so that beginning part with that first scene with Bearclaw is when he kind of gets like a bit of a slap in the face as to the reality of um where he lives and also when he finds hatchet jack frozen in the winter is when he kind of gets that reality check of like this isn't something that anybody can just go do you know yeah and that's such a powerful thing there aren't a lot of characters in this movie but all of them are memorable yes like even the guy that is dead yeah yeah the 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 body the guy that's straight up just a dead body he's impossible to forget him Mm mm-hmm and that that gosh, because the the big thing too is this di- this movie isn't doesn't have a ton of dialogue because a lot of it is sort of the lonely path. Caleb doesn't talk, as we all know, and you know he b- can barely talk to his wife before she dies. Mm-hmm. But everything that the characters say, it's unique or a new idea. It isn't filled with a bunch of random exposition. It's all just sort of very unique to that person as an individual. Yeah, definitely, man. I found I found that point's really interesting, I think, when you relate it to um, when the Union, or I don't know if it is the Union, I'm pretty sure it's the Union, whenever, whoever comes to... Yeah, it, was the, it would be the Union. When they, when they come to his cabin and ask him to go help find the people, like, um, the, the guys are trying to be, like, buddy-buddy with him, strike up conversation, talk to them, and he really, like, doesn't want anything to do with them. And then after that scene's done and he rushes back to uh, the cabin to find his wife and son dead um it's interesting because like he he's not a part of the union at all like he doesn't care about their storyline they probably wanted him to be like an asset they could use up in the mountains whenever they had to do stuff like this but he didn't care he um they they find the people jeremiah uh the people are like thank you jeremiah and jeremiah is like you should get out of here quick the bear the um I th- whatever what, I forget what the tribe's name was. I think it was like the Blackfeet or something. That might be wrong, but um, they, he was. No, I think I think I think that's it. He was like um, they don't take kindly kindly trespassers, and he turned around and he, and he walked away, and then he realized um, 
the reality that was happening after that, which we don't have to get into right now. But um, I feel like that that kind of goes with that point that you just made that like it's his story. It doesn't matter all the stuff that's going on below the mountain. What matters is what's happening in the mountain in his life right now. Did he get food tonight? Well, he just brought home one tiny rabbit to feed his entire family. You know what I mean? It's more about like yeah. that idea of surviving in the woods with the people around you than like him getting involved in some grandiose plan that doesn't even really affect him in the long run. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think that scene is really crucial <clears throat> because it's it's two worlds colliding. It's the one that we can assume he's running from. Yeah. You know, what he said he's seen enough of war, you know, that, that's pretty powerful, pretty powerful. So yeah, you deduce that he doesn't want to have to do with anything with sort of modern man nowadays. He wants to live out on his own, but he's also sort of driven by his own morality to help them. But at the end of the day, he goes back to his family that he, uh, his new life that he's made in the mountains. And that's really kind of cool because him being a mountain man is he wants to end up like bear claw. Yeah. That's kind of the goal a self-sufficient person. They don't have to deal with anybody. They just live their life. Yeah. And, uh, he is that in a way he's not, he's, he's like, he's a wise hermit. It's a kind of a type of caricature that you'll come across. Um, in, a, in a lot of stories. And, like, Yoda. Yoda was a wise hermit. Yeah. So, you know, it happens in stories. stories. <laughs> the, 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 wise, the wise old master up in, up in the hills. If I'm not mistaken, and, Star Wars is, like, the definition of a story, isn't it? Isn't it, like, the exact, yeah, it's, like, copy-paste story, story, story? It's very heavily based <laughs> off of uh, Joseph Campbell. Yeah, that's what it was. I definitely remember learning the that in school, that Star Wars yeah. just took every cliche and was like, yo, here's my movie. And people were like, that's dope. It's like, yeah, that's, how, that's how you write a good story. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Sorry. They all use it. <laughs> no, but it's a very good point because it's unique to this film in how he's sort of he in that moment is the wise hermit, but for a world that he doesn't want to be a part of. Yeah, that's a really good point, dude. Yeah. And, you know, that's just another gold star for this movie just for that happening and it's 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 really subtle the way they do it because they don't give you any bits of that previous world they don't care like um nash and i were trying to, to figure out where he was they say colorado in the movie but they pretty much just say he's in the rocky mountains which is ambiguous in itself and like yeah. i feel like that's kind of the same idea we're like hey, yo um audience member these things don't matter just focus on jeremiah this is jeremiah's story we don't care what's going on in texas or whatever we don't care what's going on with these pilgrimers over here we care about jeremiah and his story and i feel like it's not often that you have um a movie only focus on that one character and well not necessarily that but like this one character was in a really isolated place where he was kind of the only thing that we could focus on so the movie is called jeremiah johnson and i think that's the perfect name for it because it really is entirely his movie yeah, and so much of it is focused on the mountain and you're the mountains that he's living in and around, and you don't even know what they're called. Like, we know they filmed in Utah, but we don't, again, it's just the Rocky Mountains. But they never say it's the Rocky Mountains, they just say the mountain. I think there's one point in the beginning where this guy says, turn left at the Rocky Mountains. Thank you for the directions, dude. Very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're talking about those mountains and everything, man, I would like to point out that I love... 
cinematography and westerns just something about capturing the mountains and the desert and the snow and everything just always turns out so beautiful in these movies like if you're not into westerns i feel you on that i think a good case can be made for somebody who doesn't like these types of movies but what i don't think you can argue is that like you can get some beautiful shots just with a mountain and a sunrise like um i watched this on hbo max and there's an overture at the beginning the version nash watched i don't think had the overture but it's just this like epic shot of the dude just standing on a mountain looking out into the vast like oasis in front of him if you will and like i just i really think it's interesting like how open the shots feel and how grand the story feels when we're just following this one guy you know what i mean it's an epic story but it's not an epic story at the same time am i am i making sense <laughs> no you're you're making a lot of sense and movies i think uh westerns in particular that, that's a difficult thing to do just because, like, okay, how much am I just gonna? How how long am I just gonna show the shot of this mountain? Yeah. Or them or them crossing this mountain because they've got you know they've got years of film doing that because it's a big expanse they have to cross. You look at like the Revenant, where I felt so bored by those shots in that movie because they were on the screen for way too long. Yeah. Okay, I feel I'd that. Yeah, argue yeah. like a quarter of the movie was just those shots where in this one they're like perfectly placed where you get that big epic scale, you can absorb, you know, the beauty that's in front of them. <laughs> yeah. But it it doesn't it's not annoying like that that's a that's one way to like show how much you really are enjoying a movie if you start like remembering things outside of the movie like you got to do. Yeah. And I remember watching The Revenant being like, "Oh, I got to send this email." <laughs> yeah. Just staring so, at mountains exactly. for 30 seconds. Exactly, dude. Or, or even like uh the extended version of Hateful 8, the opening scene with the snow, Tarantino like made a point to make those scenes like two and a half minutes of like wicked long mountain shots. So, it's definitely something that has to be finessed in the right way for it to work, and I'd say Jeremiah Johnson really finessed it in a good way cuz there were a couple scenes where he's just going along going and I'm just like engrossed by the literal shot of the nature that he's in so this kind of goes into the other point i wanted to bring up about the crazy production of this movie bro you gotta respect the production squad these people brought cameras out to the middle of nowhere in like frostbite type temperatures dude and i heard that i heard this in, in a video i was watching that apparently man they almost took no second takes of any of this stuff because everybody was just so cold they wanted it to end <laughs> everybody was so focused on it. it came out to be a great film yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I it was that's I think that's absolutely hilarious. But to go back to a little bit of a point because we were talking about time. Yeah, time in this movie very interesting. Is another thing, another thing, totally irrelevant. When we were when we were describing the setting earlier, we can't give you a date. There isn't one. It's just after the Mexican American War, mm-hmm. and so. How far after? I don't know. How far after? How long is he up in the mountains? We don't know. They they have like two lines of dialogue about that at the very end of the movie. But really, the only means that you have to to show the progress of time is when he shaves his beard. Yeah, right. And yeah. it grows out again. Mm-hmm. And it's like that. That was really cool because he sort of developed after he gets his wife Swan. 
Um, after he's given his wife. Ugh. Yeah, let's talk about that scene after this. <laughs> it's a ridiculous scene. After he gets that, it's sort of like, now he has this established reputation where he is becoming that wise hermit in the mountain. And that's how sort of they know to find him to ask to help on the path is because he's interacting with people because he's, he's that guy. He's not 100% bear claw yet. He's still trading and doing that with all the other people around. He just started the RPG, bro. He's still getting his feet wet. He's still trying to figure out the gameplay menus and what you're supposed to, <laughs> what arrow you're supposed to use on what animal to make sure you get that perfect pelt. <laughs> and you know, like I'm, I'm making jokes about Red Dead Redemption right now, but like I like really feel like that's a good way to describe the movie, dude. Is he literally was just going in the open world, and he stumbled upon the house that just had the two children murdered, dude. Which is like a real harsh reality that gets thrown at you real quick. I found that really interesting. Was that like the first like 20, 25 minutes was the bear claw Jeremiah getting going, and then he goes off on his own and he finds this woman almost immediately and she is just hysterical almost shoots him with a gun crying out because her son her sons have just died and now jeremiah got his own kid so like in real life that's a pretty heavy situation but like in terms of storytelling like i'm making a joke about it but like i feel like it really did play out kind of like an rpg video game we made this joke about the terminal too but like i really feel that way you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, because he's clearly going on the good path. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Karma up, karma good, up. And, and you can and you can see him, you know, thinking about all of those decisions every time he makes it. He tries to not take the kid. He tries to not help the soldiers. But each time, his morality pushes him back to it. And that scene specifically with the mother, it's based off of a real life event that happened, and it is probably one of, if not the most reoccurring tropes in western movies uh, is yeah the mother that is like one of the only survivors of a raid and just goes absolutely insane from it and they're always found like with their family around their family you know holding on to the bodies of of what used to be their remaining family mm-hmm and that's kind of huge because I don't know if another f movie or film did that before this one. Yeah, interesting. That's yeah, that's a, that, that's a really good point because it, it it's a it's a good way to embody that harsh reality is having a character that's clearly broken. So we can look at her and say, yeah, this is not freaking. I've never seen Home on the Prairie, but I'm assuming it's a little um, daytime television compared to seeing people get murdered right in front of you. So yeah, I found I just I found it really interesting the way that they handled all that stuff. And you know, you're making all these points about Jeremiah's um, morality, and I kind of like that because he's rough around the edges. But at the end of the day, at his core, you can tell that like he is a good person. Just like some of the dialogue he has with like Swan and his son, he kind of comes off like a rough and tough dude. But like at the end of the day, I really don't think um, Robert Redford is playing that character. So again, that just kind of plays to like him being in the spotlight and seeing this world through his lens and the way that he reacts to all of these situations you know it's very um it's 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 really well done i did it again dude every week i always act like i'm climbing up to something and i just say it's really well done <laughs> it's really well done <laughs> well the point to an example that you kind of brought up um with his wife swan 
for all intents and purposes, at that time, he would have essentially owned her. He could have treated her however he wanted. And the most immoral thing he did was, like, sneak a peek at her. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that was it. Mm-hmm. Like, for the times, that's... that's, that's yeah, that's and cause, yeah, I mean, and, you know, without, yeah, without, like, trying to, like, make... Um, without trying to be like too facetious about it like the idea that like that's what happened to the way that he got swan is like a little strange to us in itself just because we're so far removed from that type of culture where like he just wanted to be a nice guy and give the horses back he didn't want any trouble with the native americans he was like yo i wandered into your i forget exactly what happened but he was like yo this is a mistake take my horses take my pelts let's be cool and by doing that he makes a mistake by disrespecting the dude and now the guy has given him his daughter as a wife and he just like he literally clicked the wrong dialogue button dude <laughs> he clicked <laughs> of a and now he just got a wife and like what what if he was like okay well you're gonna give me the wife then i'm gonna give you my house and then the dude's like okay i'll marry you then (laughs) just keeps upping the ante yeah, that was, that was, uh, it's a hilarious part in the movie, just because he's like, wait, what? Yeah, he's like, what? <laughs> just like, you gotta marry this guy's daughter, dude. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gonna slit our throats if you don't marry his daughter. That doesn't, um, that doesn't happen that often, I feel like, in storytelling, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is one point, um, I wanted to bring up before that I mentioned earlier, which is about how spirituality plays into this movie. Um... Maybe mis- mysticism, if you will. Yeah. Mysticism? Mysticism? Mysticism. Mysticism. And that is the fact that the mountain is a very mystical thing. Yeah. It, it, does, it doesn't have a defined name. Time doesn't seem to be relevant there. And the biggest example, and what I really liked about this movie, is when he warns them about going on to the burial ground. Yeah. Okay. And it's like there isn't any sort of direct thing that links them to what happens to his family, you know? It just sort of happens to his family. It's kind of set up where, like, yeah, that's why, because they knew he went there, so, you know, they killed his family. But I sort of saw it as, okay, he was trying to respect their religion, their beliefs. They lived on the mountain and all that, so it would make sense that they have a closer tie to it and a better understanding. The, the Union Army and that preacher guy, they didn't care about it nearly as much. Yeah. And their, their ignorance to it doesn't sort of affect them because they are ignorant to it. Robert Redford's knowledge of it makes it worse for his life after. Exactly. And it, he got pushed into that situation too, dude, you know? Yeah, and that leads to a real gray... It's, it's, that's what pushes his personality to the gray area of his morality. Because that's when he starts going on his murder revenge rampage. So, like, in your opinion, do you prefer the beginning part of the movie before the revenge stuff happens? Or do you like that last 40 minutes or so where he is murdering everybody? <laughs> that That is... it's That's really tough to call. I Because... I, it's like, like you. It's like because this movie is put together with, with a bunch of sort of events that just kind of happen. Yeah. It's hard to take them out. Like I would have had such a hard time picking out which sections of like what parts of footage you wanted to use for this movie. 
And I think we, we even saw a video where uh, somebody said it took them like seven months to edit all of it. Yeah. Edit all the footage. And I totally believe that because I can't really say which part I like more. I like the whole thing. The whole thing is good. Yeah. You sort of need the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, dude. Totally. I, to- I totally agree. It's like, you know, I, I almost asked you, asked you a, a bit of a trick question because I really don't think you can have one without the other. Like, if, if the movie never escalated to him going on that murder spree, and it didn't have to necessarily be a murder spree, but there had to be some type of action that brought it up to that next level. And I feel like if they kept it at that same pace as the whole, like, first hour and 20 of the movie, then at the end of the movie, it would have felt a little underwhelming. But the fact that we yeah. saw that change happen in him have to turn into kind of this gnarly mountain man who wears a really cool bear hat added to the entire narrative overall. Yeah, it's, he, it's like his character needed that moment to get tested, whether to see if he would, you know, return back to civilization, go crazy like uh, Caleb's real mother did yeah or do something else but instead even seeing the hardships and experiencing all of that and putting himself back into a situation that we can assume he was running from he still wants to stay there yeah and that 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 is probably the biggest definition of his character with how he is still determined to live up there in the mountain. Yeah, exactly, dude. You know, I think I think that that's that's really a good way to kind of pull it back and just prove that this movie is about Jeremiah Johnson at its core, and it does a really good job explaining who he is through these actions. And you know, what's good storytelling that (laughs) you know what i mean when you give legitimate reasons for characters to do stuff and you can kind of be like i understand why he did that i feel like this movie is perfect in the way that it crafted how jeremiah reacts to this very harsh reality that he chose to be a part of again remind yourself that he chose to go live out in the mountains he didn't grow up there he wasn't ran out by the town he made the conscious decision to run away from society and go live in the mountains and the story didn't go as he wanted it to well not necessarily how he wanted it to but how he thought it was going to go it's not how he thought it was going to go and before you know it he has every native american in all the rocky mountains trying to kill him at every single moment in time yeah yeah couldn't have said it better myself fred well, dude. So, damn, yeah. Any, any any other points to bring up before we close this out? Um, no. I I think that it's a pretty good western, but it's definitely a unique western. It was not what I was expecting, and I was pleasantly surprised after we just discussed it. I will say that when we finished it the other day, I wasn't really sure how I felt about it, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to talk about. But then I kind of sat on it for 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 a little bit, and I was like, oh, it was really just another movie about life and the way that. You you can't really plan life. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. A, a, a solitary tale that doesn't necessarily focus on one major event. There is one major event, but it's mostly his life now. Yeah. So, genre. Just Western, I guess. Uh, Western drama. It's not I, not Spaghetti Western. I feel like Spaghetti Western defines like a Clint Eastwood or John Wayne movie. I wouldn't say it's that, but I would classify it as a Western. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I think it's just wholehearted Western. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not action. There is action in it. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't. it's not the primary focus of the movie. Not at all. It's not Young Guns. 
All right. Would you recommend this to your friends? Um, certain friends. Definitely certain friends. Like, I got some friends who like westerns and are cinephiles, quote-unquote, that would like this movie. But, like, if I was at a party, per se, and people were like, yo, let's watch a movie, I would not be like, yo, let's watch Jeremiah Johnson, because I feel like in that, in, like, um... It's not a movie for everybody. That was a long-winded way of saying that, in that, like, I think people could get bored with it if it's not really what they're into or what they were expecting, and it doesn't have those crazy dramatic actions that pull people in because we're watching Transformers, and oh my god, look at the explosion. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a very, that's a pretty good way to to put it. Um, you definitely have to be willing to sit down and just let it happen. Yeah. Um, your family, would you suggest it to your family, even though our family suggested it to us? Yes, I would suggest it to my family. This is definitely a dad yeah. movie. If you're like, yo, I want to spend a nice night with my father, I haven't spent any time with him in a little bit, be like, yo, dad, you ever seen Jeremiah Johnson? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And it isn't, a big thing for me on that is it's not, there is violence, but it's not a gory movie. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I think, I think that also has to do with the time period that it came out being the early 70s and i feel like that wasn't um overly done in a lot of those type of movies you know yeah um is it a cult classic um in some ways like a western cult classic maybe because it is unique in that way but i don't know if i could, i don't know what do you think yeah i, I don't know if it's entirely a cult classic because i don't know if it had a major release Originally, mm -hmm. it may have started a film festival, and that grew it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um. So it's kind. Of, I I would agree. It's kind of up in the air whether it's a cult classic or not, because I think a lot of people have seen it in general too. Because it, it was one of the like most watched movies uh, for a major network. I def I definitely heard that stat somewhere that it was one of like ABC's most viewed movies back when they would put it on. Granted, again, this was when there wasn't like a lot of content and television and whatnot compared to today, obviously, but still, I, yeah, I think it's a movie that, um, a lot of people would know about from back then. So maybe it's a cult classic cinephiles. Yes, I would. I would say that yeah. if you're a cinephile, this is a Western that you should see. Yeah, I'd agree. It, it's definitely the cinephile. A cinephile must, because it doesn't have that ridiculous, pretentious arrogance. Yeah, facts, facts. It's not, yeah, it's, because a lot of cinephile movies, you know, that you'd suggest, or it's like, gosh, that's so hammy, like, why, why'd they do that? But this one, hit, hit, it, hit it on the nose, they knew what they were doing. I had I do have to mention that that hilarious close up where it zooms in on his face and he smiles and nods. <laughs> yes, made me die. Made me die laughing. Can we oh, also Jeremiah mention that this Jeremiah Johnson? Jeremiah Johnson. <laughs> Can we also mention uh, Liver Eating Johnson, dude? Yeah. Oh yeah. John Liver Eating Johnson. What's that guy's story? He would just eat the liver of whoever he killed. Isn't that the story? Yeah. So this this movie is uh, roughly based off of a, a real guy. Um, was he was John Jeremiah Johnson, and pretty much once his family got murdered, he declared vengeance on an entire Native American tribe, and just hunted them down. And every time he killed them, he would eat their livers, which is a very nutritious part to eat um, <laughs> of anything. Thank you for adding that of any animal. Uh, so I mean, it makes sense, but <laughs> definitely a guy went a little bonkers. Not nearly as 
graphic as the story it's based off of. <laughs> Yo, facts, facts. All right, so let's let's wind down. Got to shout out my boy Schwartz for uh, be at the beginning this week, and then uh, I think we got KOV playing us out this week. He uh, pretty ta- oh. pretty pretty talented guy. Hopefully you'll like you'll like the beat at the end of the song if you stick around that long. Oh, look at that rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Me too. So please be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. Follow us on Instagram to stay in the loop for upcoming episodes and help us determine the movies we watch and future content we can bring to you. Be sure to check us out at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com and remember, your donations keep my blue light on. See you next week as we yell about Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin in The Edge. He was living with a female panther. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week.